Will sounds gun. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Thinking Paul's podcast. Scott here. Paul's here with me. Hello, mate. Good evening. It's a special edition. I've been promising this since autumn last year, following the sad news of the passing of Sir Sean Connery. Um, we wanted to do something, didn't we? Yeah, he was iconic, um, known for his array of accents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and to do him justice, we've picked two of the lesser-known worst movies that he's done. <laughs> it, it's just bizarre. We could have had anything, but, you know, the Bond movies, we, we're doing this in conjunction with our sister podcast, Real Britannia, uh, and they're in the middle of chronologically examining the Bond movies, so they're going to be covering Goldfinger. They've got the best deal here, mate. They've got Goldfinger. Um, they've already covered... The man who would be king, you know. Um, so, the two movies we're going to talk about today, we, we sort of said the hunt for Red October because I had, I thought I had fond memories of it, having watching it, having having watched it today. It, my memories were completely clouded. So, what we're going to be doing, we, we've got Hunt for Red October lined up, and in the second half, I'm looking forward to this. It's Entrapment. I, I don't think I'd seen it. Since its release, you've seen it a couple of times, haven't you? Well, I've probably seen it half a dozen times. Oh, a bit of a fave. Um, it's um, it's got some interesting parts in it. Certainly has. Is that the bit with the laser beams you're on about? Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's <laughs> but he's not all James Bond, is it, mate? For God's sake, you know when we talk about Sean Connery, people do. He was the original. He was the best in most people's eyes. You know. Mm. You're a big fan, though, same as me. Oh yeah, I love him. He's just, it's just so cool, <laughs> without even trying. As cool as Gregory Peck, as we spoke about in a few episodes ago. <laughs> it's a, a different kind of cool. <laughs> he he was a man's man, wasn't he? It, it was that era of the sixties where men were men and women loved them, sort of thing. And he just yeah. a, he was in the right place at the right time, wasn't he? Bond literally defined that certain part of the 60s yes yeah um yeah when you look at some of the other bonds like even roger moore who was an okay bond in his own yeah way but he wasn't as you say a man's man he he was more class and like more gentleman mr suave Yeah. yeah the 60s and the spy movie and it just captured the imagination at the right time. And 
it didn't really go on to define his career. He was never typecast, was he? He never carried on playing. But that's why he came away from Bond, wasn't it? Because he was scared of being typecast. Yeah. And, and you look at some of the stuff that he did. You know, he's done science fiction. He's done disaster movies. He's done westerns. He, he, you know, every yeah. single genre. Poss- done um, what? The Untouchables, which is a gangster movie. Your favourite film. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> But that was the one. Let's talk about it briefly because we we are going to cover the Untouchables at some point. I know you're very precious about it, and same as me. When you've got a movie that you adore so much, you're frightened what other people are going to say. Yeah, and it's a bit difficult to defend something you love that much, you know. But it's a, I, I'll tell you now, I like the movie. You know that, so you're in no danger of me slagging it off. And it was the one that sort of revitalised his career to a certain degree, wasn't it? Because although he was working constantly after Bond, winning that yeah. Best Supporting Actor sort of brought him back into the limelight where he started doing things like Red October, like in Trailer, Yeah, you know. he started doing things as the older statesman, as it were. Yeah. Because, yeah, he'd, he'd been the young, handsome Bond, and then he... he as you say, he'd done lots of films, but us going through them, we're like, don't know that one, or, oh, no, that one isn't too good, yeah. sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it, as you say, it kick-started him back into the limelight. And then who else, you know, could have played Indiana Jones's father? You know, perfect yeah. casting. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Well, look, let's take a trip back to, it's 1990, it says here. I don't think this will take too long. It's the hunt for the Red October. We'll be back after this. Trailer. 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 British intelligence obtained these pictures two days ago. She's the Red October, the latest typhoon class. Captain's name is Ramius. He's taken out the lead boat in each new subclass for the last 10 years. What are these doors? Those doors, sir, are the problem. They really built this. This isn't a mock-up or anything. She put to sea this morning. This thing could park a couple of hundred warheads off Washington and New York, and no one would know anything about it until it was all over. Just before he sailed, he posted a letter to Admiral Yuri Padorin, in which he announced his intention to, to fire his missiles on the United States. We sail into history. The entire fleet is our friend. Crazy 
I think somebody just shot a torpedo at us. Oh shit, fuck, we get the hell out of here. The Hunt for Red October, released in the UK 1990, directed by John McTiernan, and starring, of course, Sean Connery. There's Alec Baldwin, Scott Glenn. This is quite a cast, actually. You've got Sam yeah. Neill, James L. Jones, Joss Ackland, Peter Firth, Tim Curry, Stellan Skarsgård, Jeffrey Jones. It just goes on and on and on. I'm not going to do a synopsis. Let's just um, try and summarise this two-hour-plus movie, mate. Um, it's about a submarine. <laughs> There's more than one submarine. This is the this is going to be my sticking point because I got a bit confused. It, it, <laughs> it's about a submarine, yep. submarine with new technology that mm. can run silent. Yes. And the captain of said submarine um, is obviously very pissed off. His wife died a year earlier, mm-hmm. and you never really hear why, but you think it's some dodgy circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so he chooses the first voyage of this submarine to try and defect. And it's all about the chase by the Russians and to catch him and the Americans to find him so they can get the technology. Yeah. I'd seen when it first came out. Looking back on Letterboxd, I've seen it in the last seven years because I only started my Letterboxd list seven, eight years ago. So there's a there's a rating in there from when I watched it the next time. And I gave it four stars out of five, that last viewing. Okay. I've watched it today and it's probably completely my own fault. I was a bit tired. I was sort of drifting in and out and I was losing it a little bit. I really didn't get too much out of it this time. I got a very confused. This could be my age. I don't know. I got... <laughs> very probably. <laughs> um, there was just lots of submarines in this and lots of people doing lots of things in the dark and lots of subtitles. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I can see it's a great movie. I can actually, you know, I know that for a fact. Mm. And I know that I've enjoyed it previously. I've just had a very bad experience today. So I will be as positive as I can. We didn't choose this, or you didn't choose this in any for any particular reason. It's not a particular favourite. It's just I I've never seen it. Oh, oh bloody hell! It's the uh, first time watch, right? I thought you might have just picked it because it's like oh, well, I no, haven't seen I, for a while. I, I think I just missed it when it came out. Okay. Um, and obviously, I've seen further Jack Ryan films yep. since. Uh, I knew this was the first one that featured him, mm. albeit a different actor. Yeah. Um, so I was interested to see if it went with the others yeah um and it very much does with the i mean jack ryan played by um baldwin yep one was it alec that's the one this one yeah Um, it is a very similar character to harrison ford's version he's not an action hero as such is he that's the no no he's an analyst Mm. um but keeps getting dragged into the front line which yeah you think very unlucky boy. I was going to say, <laughs> just, how much on the front line more can you get than right at the centre of well, potentially World War Three? Yeah, you know, being <laughs> choppered into and landing on a moving sub <laughs> in the middle of the fucking Atlantic Ocean. What did you think then, first time watch? I it was slow paced to start with. Yeah, um, but I I think it I really enjoyed it. I, so, I because obviously we're kids of the eighties anyway, so mm. we lived through this Cold War, which we saw in the press more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Um, so we knew uh, 
we knew sort of, although it's fiction, we knew if that had actually happened, like someone had nicked a sub and tried to defect, yeah, you know Russian, Russia would have gone after it yeah. with everything oh, they could. That, that bit is true to life. That's the bit I'm sort of taking away from this movie as well, that there was a lot of memories coming back to me of that era. Mm. You know, that, that you try and explain to the kids today about the Cold War. Yeah. You know, yeah, oh, but it's just that Russia and America weren't friends. No, it was a little bit more than that. A little that. bit more than that, you know, because we used to have the public information films telling us to like hide under the tables and paint your doors yeah. white and all that sort of stuff. You know, keep canned food in the cellar. All that. That's how dangerous it could, you know, how close it could have been. But um, you forget, you easily forget that the two biggest nations in the world were at each other's throat permanently. Mm. Um, and always scared that one or the other would press the button first and they'd have to retaliate yeah, sort of thing. That's what it boiled down to at the end of the day. So yeah, it was it was interesting for me to see that side of things again, that there's a there's a conflict going on that doesn't necessarily exist nowadays. Mm. And it's always good to see Sean Connery. He's got a stunning cast to back him up here. Yeah, uh, I mean, James L. Jones, I mean, that's one constant in the later films as well, isn't it? Because oh, he, he was in the them others? with Harrison Ford, yeah. He still played his boss. That's good, them. that's good then. Yeah, I didn't realise that. Um, saying that, just just briefly back, backtracking a bit, somebody else played him afterwards, didn't he? Or was there a TV series? There's a Jack TV Man? show, I think it's on season two or three at the moment. Right. Um, yeah, of... Similar things. I think I watched the first two and he ended up in Iraq being an analyst out there in the middle of the front line again. <laughs> Coincidental. <laughs> so what were the movies? It was Patriot's Day. Clear and Present Danger. Clear and Present Danger. And and one didn't more, a newer actor play him? I'm, this I'm is thinking, what I'm thinking. There's another one. I'm thinking, like, uh, it's not Chris Pine, is it? No. Um, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Yeah, it was Chris Pine. Yeah, bit of a reboot about five, six years ago, yeah. possibly. In 2014, mm. Shadow Recruit. Yeah. Um, yeah, with Kevin Costner, no less. Love a bit of Kev. Love a bit of Kev. So this is the introduction of the character. It's Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin at this time, 1990, wasn't massive, but Alec Baldwin never had massive, has he? He was one of those actors that has never... He's pretty big now. But... <laughs> No, you know he's he's never made it. <laughs> no, he's, he's always been. He's never really a main man. No, he's, he's always like co-starring or sort of, mm, isn't he? They, they made attempts to get him there, but he never quite sort of cut the mustard, did he? He never became that A-list star. Um, and it makes you wonder that was he replaced by Harrison Ford because it didn't work? Or was it replaced because he didn't want to do it? Was it a studio's mm. decision? We, I don't know. We'll have to look into that, I suppose. Um, but when I remember when the Harrison Ford Jack Ryans came out, they were massive. They, this this had a yeah. big build-up at the time. But I remember the Harrison Ford ones were really, really pushed. Yeah, they, they were big box office hits. Mm. But saying that, this... Cost thirty million and it made two hundred million, so it was a pretty big hit. Well, think about it. Nineteen ninety, so it's on the back of Sean Connery's Oscar two three years earlier. Mm. There was a slew of submarine movies. weren't Crimson Tide round about this sort of time as well with Gene Hackman and 
accidental. Yeah. And uh, when was the U-boat or whatever out as well? That was... Well, the Harrison Ford one. It's got to be a similar time as well, wasn't K- it? Or was it K-19, the Widowmaker or something? That was nah, that's a lot later. To say, that's Liam Neeson a little later, wasn't it? But we had submarine movies. We, we had, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like Armageddon and The Core. You know, we always had like <laughs> that, that, you know, linking movies together. Well, um, quickly, I've just mm, noticed you, you like your Kevin Costner. I do. Um, first choice to portray Jack Ryan was Kevin Costner. Ah, you see, now I'd have enjoyed this a thousand times more if it was Kev. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you could have seen him carrying on to do the other two as well, yeah. if he'd have got that. So, but it's, hang on, 1990, that's the same year as Dances with Wolves. Yeah, it is, yeah. He turned down this film in order to star and direct Dances with Wolves. In order to make the best picture winner. And <laughs> piss off all the fans of Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, talking to Kev Cosner, I'm watching Yellowstone at the moment. Oh, okay, yeah. Halfway through season one, absolutely loving it. It's, it's not your cup of tea, mate. I'm not going to push it towards you. I recommend it because I don't think you'd like it. But um, yeah, I, I do like a bit of Kev. Anyway, Hunt for Red October. So you've watched it for the first time? Yeah, I, I'm surprised I never saw it before because mm. it is definitely my kind of film. Mm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good bit of suspense, good bit of action, bit of submarines turning around in sharp corners. Oh, and there, was a, there was a lot of like rapid movements and, and jumping out of waters from the submarines and stuff you yeah. didn't think submarines could do. <laughs> and I kept thinking, oh, my ears would pop. <laughs> it was like, you know when you see, I don't know, movies where like two jet fighters are chasing each other, like a Top Gun type thing, Yeah, and, and they... they send off dummy rockets and jump out the way and the rockets are, you know, the homing one's blow them they're doing this underwater with like yeah didn't they say this thing was like 65 meters long or something yeah stupid? it was yeah something like or 600 under, foot long or so, i can't remember what no was. no 65 meters it yeah. was about 180 foot yeah yeah so it's, it's it's not a small kit we're talking about here no and it's in some trench and <laughs> he's leaving it 20 seconds late to do a turn <laughs> and it's like yeah okay <laughs> As I say, I watched this totally in the wrong circumstances today because, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I'm getting on a bit now. You know, it was it was Saturday afternoon. I'd had a big dinner, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay. Tell the truth. I tried watching it last night. I lasted five minutes, but I tried again today, and I'm into it. I'm I'm there. I'm watching away. I'm getting through. But then. It's. It, I don't know. It was. It was just that there was a lot because it's a submarine. There's a lot of dark, a lot of dark lighting. If you know what I mean. It was. You know, it was very, <laughs> <laughs> very confined. You know, and I'm, I'm watching it, but then I'm, I'm I'm getting starting to get confused. That you've got the American sub that's tracking the Red October. Yeah, the Dallas. Thank you. Right, this is the right. We can define this now. You've got the Dallas that's tracking the Red October. You've then got this mini sub. Yeah. And then you've got this Russian sub that's hunting the Red October. Yeah. So we've got four submarines in total. So when you're seeing yeah. a scene that's set inside a submarine, yeah. If your mind switches off briefly for a second, <laughs> <laughs> it's like. What subs he on? 
Is he part of that? Is he Russian? Is you know, that that was where I was going with it. Mm. What I'm going to do, I mean, if I was to give this a rating, I'm not saying we're finishing the conversation here, but if I was to give this a rating based on today's impression of it, it's only going to get three stars. But I look back at the letterbox review that I gave five, six years ago, it got four. So I obviously yeah, I, enjoyed it. I, I think I'm with you on the fact that if you had switched off, if you had sort of had a micro nap or whatever, I had a few of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you will lose, literally lose the plot. Mm. Um, yeah. And do you know what? I even read the book. I, I used to read all the Tom Clancy's when they came out. He was one of my big sort of authors in the 90s. I used to, you know, the new one would come out, I'd go and buy it. I used to love them. And they are quite involved. Yeah. You know, quite detailed about the technical side of things, about the political side of things. But, yeah, it's a shame because I ha- I know that I've enjoyed this in the past. But sounds like you got a lot out of this. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And obviously because I knew the character as well from the other films. Mm. I knew that he was some persistent person that uh, always could work things out, like yeah. the the tactics of war and everything. Mm. And, yeah, it was different for me for something in a sub. There aren't that many sub movies in history. <laughs> oh, there's quite a few. If you do look into it, we could, I bet we could work a whole podcast around submarine movies. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> So this is going to interest me a little bit. For somebody watching a movie that is now 30 years old, just 30-plus years old, in fact, going back and watching something from 1990 that was pretty successful, as you say, financially, and you're seeing people like James L. Jones, Scott Glenn, Sam Neill, pre-Jurassic Park Sam Neill. What did that sort of feel like, going back thinking? Because it must have been like, Actually, this is like watching a new movie to you because it's like I'm just intrigued. Like when you go and discover a classic or something you've never seen before, you know, you watch something that you haven't seen at the time of release. What's what's that like to you? Because it, it must be a bit weird because you're getting a bit of sort of like deja vu of like. Yeah, it, it's good because I mean, especially with a cast like this, you are spending half the time thinking, "Oh, I didn't know he was in it. I yeah. Didn't know he was in it." Tim Curry um, was the one that got me. Which one? Tim, Tim Curry was the one that got Tim, me. Yeah. He, he's another one with that his mother would love. But <laughs> <laughs> he's such a weird-looking guy. <laughs> and a, a face you just want to slap. <laughs> but he played the character really well because mm. the idea was to dislike him. Yes, yeah. Peter Firth, who was in it Ooh. for two minutes sort of thing, but there's another one I went, I know him. <laughs> but James L. Jones, I mean, it just, he's never, again, he's one of these guys, he's never the main star in any movie you see him in. Yeah. But every movie he touches is the better for it. Oh, he adds something to everything he appears yeah. in. Yeah. Even things like Coming to America. Yeah. Like comedies, you know. <laughs> oh, he was the father. He was the father of Eddie Murphy, you know. And it's, it just brings a bit of sort of class to a movie, yeah. a bit of like gravitas to it, and you think. Oh, I mean, this... his voice is just amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it'd be a sad day when that man goes, you know, because yeah. who else is going to play deep, booming voiced? Yeah. You know, 
character actors like that. That's great, yeah. Um, Another one mm. in there was that um, Stellan Skarsgård. Very young-looking Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, if I hadn't have seen his name on the list, I wouldn't have known that was him. Oh, no, I recognised him. Because I, I think he's one of those actors that's done more as an elder statesman again. That's the, the thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, he's been in Thor and all those, hasn't he? Yeah. See, that's what I mean. It's interesting for somebody like yourself that's going back thirty years watching this movie for the first time, and like I say, this is like all right. Sam Neill would have been acting for years and years before, you know, Riley Ace. Yeah, I've seen him in a lot of Australian movies as well. And I think Jurassic Park was ninety two, ninety three, whatever it might have been. So you're thinking. You know, this might have been the springboard to him getting Jurassic Park, which then led to him being, you know, you know, as we know him now. And I just find that fascinating when you go back to a movie like this and seeing... Sean Connery is the exception to the rule. This is mid... Well, it's probably post-midpoint Sean Connery, isn't it, here? Say that again in English. Well, <laughs> if you look at Sean Connery's career as a whole, <laughs> <Yeah>. right... <laughs> You go back to the 50s stuff where he started before Bond and then he uh, retired. Longest Day. We we reviewed that, yes. Six, we did. Eight, and yeah, like, 62, that was yeah. one of those ones you spot him. He was in it for about two minutes, wasn't he? I think we spotted his eyebrows before we spotted him, didn't <laughs> yeah. we? I think it was. It was, and, and, you know, he only continued acting till 2000, whatever it was, Leave Extraordinary Gentleman, whatever it may have been. So this is coming towards the tail end of his career, really, isn't it? He's, he's got that Oscar three years before this. He's billed as the top star. His name must have been above the title on this one. It's quite a big uh, deal. You know, the first Tom Clancy, I'm assuming, to be filmed. Um, and you've got John Connery. What could go wrong? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, the, the poster for Hunt for Red October actually just has a sort of red silhouette of uh, Sean Connery with mm. a tiny little bit of a submarine on. So, yeah, <laughs> he, he was definitely definitely the pull for this movie. Yeah. It was all about him. And, and that's how it would go for the next 10, 20 years, yeah. wouldn't it? but even if you remember, do you remember the film Dragonheart? Dennis Quaid, wasn't it? Yeah, but he was the voice of the dragon, Yeah, he was it? the voice of the dragon, yeah. And that... I mean, I, I like that film, but yeah, the fact that he was the voice of that dragon <laughs> just made it more brilliant. Yeah, just carries it off. Better. So there's only a handful of actors that I think have reached that level that, you know, he wasn't, apart from Robin Hood, right, which would have been the year after this, mm. was a cameo, pretty much. It's like, yeah, we get Sean Connery in for like five seconds, 10, 20 seconds, whatever it was. But he never really did those cameos. He did one in Time Bandits briefly, didn't he, in the 80s? Yeah. But that was sort of the build-up up until this resurgence, as we're saying, in the late 80s, early 90s. And it was after this, you know, you've got things like, we're going to do Entrapment, you know, in a few few minutes. But also you had things like Rising Sun with Wesley Snipes. He was being paired up with the big... Sort of yeah. box office drawers of the time, wasn't he? As you were sort of hinting towards there, he, I think he only ever done films where he was the main character mm. or split the main character. He, he never would do films where he was 
a sort of a coaster, a best supporting, yeah, or whatever. And and too right, I mean, he obviously didn't work week in week out, so he could choose what he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. This is the man who's you know heading towards retirement age, but all of a sudden, all these opportunities are thrown at his feet. And he's probably busier than he's ever been, making more money than he's ever you know, ever yeah. made. You know, I mean, because most big Hollywood actors take, for instance, Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Right? He he has done probably more films than Sean Connery's ever done in a shorter time scale, mm-hmm. and you yeah. could probably look through it and pick out a, a dozen shit ones. Yeah, <laughs> along the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, why not be choosy? Be, be remembered for being a, a good actor, not an actor that you you do a hundred films, you're going to make one good one, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, something's got to hit the hit the nail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in general, this you've enjoyed this first time watch, and does it scream of the nineties to you? Is it like you looked at this? It screamed of the eighties. Did it? Yeah, because I mean, it's set in eighty four. Oh, of course it is, yeah, because it says at the beginning, doesn't it? You know, it sort yeah. of hints this actually happened. And it did. It it did. I mean, although there was no, you only saw submarines or warships or offices, so you mm. didn't see fashion or cars or yeah anything like that of the 80s, but you, you did get that feel mm. that it, it was set then. Um, I mean, and... Set in well, made in 1990 was wasn't exactly a long stretch away from That's when it was. I mean, yeah, that was <laughs> only stepping back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I liked the film. I wouldn't say it's astounding, but it was an easy watch for you. Did <laughs> was a little long, I thought, um, mm-hmm. but then they've kept that up with the other Jack Ryan films as well. That uh, I think Clear and Present Danger was two hours 20 or something and I'm, and, and I'm I'm a believer that most action films should be about hour and a half hour and three quarters because that's all you sort of need that they're, they're not so much plot based yeah was this one I think it needed that running time to get the sense of the the negotiations the suspense the you know, what the hell is actually going on here? Because we don't really know he's defecting for a little while into this movie. You know, we no, just... no, it's still guessing. Yeah. Is he going to launch on America or Ooh. is he going to defect? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that the extra long running time on this is sort of well-deserved. Um, I think I'm being a bit harsh on it because I think I just had a bad experience watching it today and I know I've enjoyed it in the past. Yeah, yeah. I, I think... I'm not going to say you'll go back and watch it and you'll love it, but... I think you'll give it a bit more due. As we've said before, circumstances. Sometimes you watch the film in the wrong circumstance and you've got an immediate reaction to that movie and you could love it or hate it and you could be wrong. I watched Bodyguard three times. Kevin Cosner uh, Bodyguard, yeah. Mm. And hated it each time. And, I, and then I, I watched it about five years later. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> and it's just the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Kev effect, mate. We get you in the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to continue our tribute to the great man with what we think is potentially a great movie. 
We're going to talk it's, about entrapment. I mean, I know you like this film. I do. It's it's got Catherine Zeta Jones in a <laughs> in her best point in her life. I'd say. Is this exactly where the conversation is just going to return to for the next twenty minutes, <laughs> half an hour? It's just going to be. So it's Sean Connery. Let's yeah, talk about Catherine Zeta Jones. Spoke enough about that old bastard enough. Now let's talk Catherine <laughs> Zeta Jones. Take a break. Thank we'll be back after this. <laughs> trailer. Trailer. When fortune knocks, open the door. He is the ultimate thief. This is classic Mac. This was 70 stories up with smart glass windows at 400 pounds a pop. He's the best. The law can't catch him. We sent a couple of guys after him, and these were both good agents. They were both men. But she has a plan. What do you have in mind for bait? For the perfect trap. Why are you following me? I've got a proposition for you. I'm a thief. I give you the world's tallest building at home of the International Clearance Bank. Do I have your attention now? Undivided. You're keeping it strictly business, right, man? Strictly. This is how it has to be. First we try. Then we trust. Has there ever been anyone you couldn't seduce? Did he take the bait? Big time. You change partners. You change rules. Prepare to go offline. 35 seconds. Weren't we partners? You were playing both sides. This is called entrapment. No, actually it's called blackmail. Entrapment is what cops do to thieves. You coming? It's time to take your girlfriend out of the equation. Shut it down. Come on! Robert! You're perfect. I promise you, you'll have it all. This is big enough, man. It's never big enough. Are we doing this? Let's do this. I wasn't looking forward to watching it, I've got to say. I think I'd seen it before. Okay. Well, we just need to... I just need to feel you on the whole premise of this, Charlie, because it's the second part of an episode that's going out. Sweet. Okay. I'm happy to sit out in in that (laughs) (laughs) And in the first half, we reviewed Hunt for Red October. Okay. So in the second part, was obviously going to be me and Paul. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're part of it now. So we've got to explain your presence for a start. But don't mind if you want to do it without you. I can just watch the football. <laughs> <laughs> we just chime in off. I thought, oh hello, who's this? Who's this cheeky chap. Who's this cheeky chap turned yeah. up. Little Charlie chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> cheeky little Chinese Charlie. Hello, Charlie Chalk. Wasn't it? The clown, yeah. yeah. And Copperfield's pub used to be Charlie Chalk's, yeah. didn't it? I used to love it there. Oh, blimey, yeah. Charlie Chuck. Charlie, Charlie Chuck. Donkey. 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 Woof. It's more like Mel B and Bo it. Bust. Donkey. Woof. Bust. Donkey. Elton John in Bo Selector. 
Weren't Charlie Chuckin like the early Vic Reeves stuff as well? He I was never, Uncle Peter. I never really seen the very early Vic Reeves stuff. He was. It weren't Big Night Out. It weren't the Channel Four stuff. It was oh. the first BBC stuff. It was. Um, it was Uncle Peter. I'll have to go back to it. Well, he had the big curly hair. <laughs> Uncle Peter. Uncle Peter. Donkey. Woof. I like Mulligan and I hair. <laughs> Titty biscuits. Titty. What you gonna look like with a chimney on the? Huh? Is it uh, Mulligan No Hair versus Jeremy Paxman? Um, <laughs> but it's like that, and that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're back for the second half, and if you haven't gathered already, we've been joined by a rogue presenter of this podcast who has appeared out of the blue from the wilderness years. Charlie, hello, mate. <laughs> There we go. You know it's Charlie when you hear that. Um, Paul and I recorded the first half of this show. How long ago? Three months, four months. Yeah, and the intention was the second part of the show, we'd just get round to recording at some point and put it out as part of our Sean Connery special. Well, Charlie's here. Charlie's back. So... Hello. Charlie, we made him watch it as And well. after, watch, after watching <laughs> this, Charlie probably wishes he wasn't. <laughs> Uh, in the first half of the show, Charlie, we we spoke a bit about Sean Connery, I think, didn't we? Because this is like three months gap we're talking here. Yeah. Any favourite Sean Connery movies? We were talking about The Offence a little bit earlier on. Oh, yeah, I mean, favourite's a word that you would sort of <laughs> veer away from using because of the nature of the film, but it was very good. Yeah. And I've not seen a Sydney Met film that I didn't like, to be honest. No, no, this is what we decided at the time, wasn't it, when yeah. we um, when we reviewed it, which must be about five, six years ago now. Um, any other favourites we were talking about Get Carter a little bit earlier even though he's not in it what am I talking about Michael Caine there <laughs> aren't I I was just about to say wow <laughs> sure Sean Curry are you sure he didn't appear Carter. in the remake <laughs> no it was um, and that's Sylvester Stallone oh, Sylvester Stallone blimey getting Sean Connery's with Michael Caine's mixed up yes. after two bad ones. I think it's my influence I think it's my sort of presence that influences people to do a Peter but, Sellers but, but, but to be honest I think I'd rather talk about Get Carter than Entrapment <laughs> definitely <laughs> fucking hell I'd rather talk about the remake of it than Entrapment um, Sean Connery though. Sean Connery's you know The Avengers <laughs> Phil, yeah have you got any any particular favourites Untouchables maybe Although I, I still don't think it's Oscar worthy. No, not really. What 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 one of his performances would you consider Oscar worthy? Mm. Highlander, <laughs> <laughs> as as Michael Glasper called it, the most eighties film ever. It oh, is, God, yeah. yeah, it is, and I love it. I don't. It's weird with Sean Connery. Dragonheart. Dragon, I remember that. Was the voice of the dragon. He was the voice of the dragon in Dragonheart, yeah. But he's, he is sort of one of those actors, and we were, we were saying a similar thing about like Jack Nicholson, and they don't necessarily have to put in a great dramatic appearance. They just no. It's their presence, it's them, isn't it? Yeah. So I love him as James Bond, sim- simple yep. as that. It's, I know it's a very obvious thing to say. He mm. is most people's favourite James Bond. Yeah, yeah. not necessarily because he was the original. I, I, you know, I think a bit like Doctor Who's, you have your Doctor, you have your James Bond, depending mm. on what era you were brought up in. I mean, for you, Charlie, I think you, you said to me once, Pierce Brosnan was Just, your Bond, wasn't you it, know, because of the time? Bear in mind, I was born about two years after Licence to Kill came out, and it wasn't another nearly best part of a decade before Goldeneye. So, yeah. 
James Bond was actually not really a, mm. a, much of a presence in my youth yeah. as it would have been for other people. See, mine was a lot of Roger Moore when I was like young and teenage. Mm. He's my least favourite though. Yeah, he's, I know Bond has always been that cheesy character, but it's he, he, he over-cheesed it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like if you watch like Moonraker... Yeah, it's, which, which is an entertaining it. film in itself, yeah, but it, it just it just takes the it takes the kind of Bond sort of uh, series into new yeah. territory of silliness, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it had to, didn't they? Bring Moonraker forward because of Star Wars. I think Moonraker was going to be the one after. Ah, uh, I think what's on that Sheena Easton sings the theme tune. For your eyes only. I think For Your Eyes Only was going to be the next one after The Spy Who Loved Me. Got you. Because of the success of Star Wars, they I think they bumped Moonraker forward because well, of it I was going to make a similar sort of remark about Entrapment without jumping a gun yeah. like it had an influence on the Bond series that kind of you know something with a, a, the budget it did compared to its box office success right. yeah. meant that the, the kind of Tomorrow Never Dies mm. kind of era of James Bond was yeah. we've got to look at what they're doing in things like Entrapment mm. and replicate that really like, also I've I know we're again jumping the gun, but the the first thing that came to mind when I watched some of this was Mission Impossible mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, and very it, much. It's all not because of Ving Rhames, because wasn't Ving Rhames in Mission was, Impossible? Was, the first yeah, few, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But, but just that whole sort of premise of like you know this yeah. quite difficult situation, you know, and, and it's bringing in that sort of cat burglary type thing, but using high tech mm. with it. There was there was an obsession in the nineties and, and early two thousands of. I suppose it's the Y2K thing of, you know, we have to feature digital technology and yeah. the amount of, you know, I'm going to, oh, I'm hacking into the mainframe <laughs> and yeah. all that. Like, that is just, yeah. it's, this is the era when the 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 internet and just computer technology is becoming so, yeah, such a, yeah point, and, and a mainstay in people's everyday lives and it, it comes across in yeah. a lot of the action cinema. Yeah. How much do you remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, how much, Charlie, do you remember like the Millennium Bug and the whole panic over that? I remember sort of like, because I was very, very young, I probably mm. t- took it with a, a bit more seriousness than I should have. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was Naive. that kind of thing, wasn't there? There was the, you know... Because the internet had only really existed as a kind of household thing. For and it wasn't in my life at this point. Yeah. yeah was I, it Tim Berners-Lee, 1990? I, I, mm. I got broadband, half meg broadband, when I was probably 97. So I was quite yeah, never technological. Heard it. That's quite advanced. Yeah. I, remember oh, I was one of the yeah. first out mm. of everyone I knew to get it because I used to... DJ at the time and but was it broadband back then or was some it, of my music was it all dial up back then yeah we had yeah, dial, we had, still, people were still on dial up then yeah, yeah. we had dial up until the early 2000s yeah. which is a nightmare with LimeWire and Napster yeah, and that like, like, yeah <laughs> Napster <laughs> changed the music industry though didn't it yeah I remember reading um a John Niven novel, he wrote a book called Kill Your Friends, which is kind of like American Psycho, but set in the music industry. Mm. And I thought you were going to say set to music. Interpretive <laughs> 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 well, dance. Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it, uh, he mentions at one point that, like, the, the, because he was a real life A&R in, mm. for someone like Polydor. He said they were approached by two people claiming to work for a company called Napstar mm. and they laughed them out of the office and Ooh. they said if they wish, Ooh. if they'd if they harnessed that at the time, yeah. 
the music industry would not have declined in the way they yeah, always it did. It's, it's yeah. Decker and the Beatles all over again. Absolutely, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Well, let's go into this movie. I mean, I'm going to play the trailer before we've even started speaking now, guys. So, what's what's the premise of the plot? Can anybody sum it up? It's a well, a world famous thief, mm-hmm. Mac, and being chased down by an insurance worker, investigator, Jim. Insurance, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who is also a crook, crook, <laughs> and yes, they do two major heists with a lot of twists and turns in between. Yeah, well, this is mostly her body. <laughs> The selling point of the entire movie. It, well, I mean, it, she's at that point in her career. She's just man, married Michael Douglas, probably by this point. I thought so. Yeah, it's pre Chicago. Pre Chicago, but after. I remember how sort of sort of huge uh, star she became after the Mask of Zorro. Yeah, because that was the big one for her after Darling Buds of May, that, possibly, that was, yeah, is that where that it all comes her, from? That was her breakthrough, wasn't mm. it, really? Well, the TV side yeah. of things, yeah, but I think like, the movie thing was, was, would have been Mask of Zorro, yeah. It's, it's the equivalent of seeing like an Australian actress in Neighbours, something <laughs> yeah. like like domestic, and then yeah. going Margot. on to the, Robbie or whatever, yeah. and then going on to the international stage. Because yeah. I think Anthony Hopkins was in Zorro with her as well. He played... The father, didn't he? Yeah. Of was it her father? I can't remember. Or Antonio. He trains up Antonio Banderas, doesn't That's he? Right. He's yeah. the original Zorro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. He's the Miyagi. He is the Mister Miyagi <laughs> of the Zorro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, where are we going to go with this, guys? Because I'm, I'm getting the general sort of feedback that it's not a brilliant film. We weren't that massively impressed with it, although. Paul said to me, I'll be surprised at how good it is at one point. <laughs> I think it's an easy watch. It's, There's nothing wrong with it, is no, there? No, it's, it's desperately, not like, desperately wrong. It's no. not like something you say, oh, I absolutely hate that film. It's mm. just a lot of it, although these twists are put in, are quite predictable. Mm. I love, I've got a quote from Roger Ebert, which I love, and it's, it's related to that kind of thing. Um, bear with me one second. Mm. He said that a... Um, it works uh, because it is made stylishly, which is definitely true. Yeah, but that then, good. Yeah. But then I think that should be a prerequisite for a film like this. If you're going to spend that sort of budget on a film... <laughs> it better not look shit. Do you know what I mean? It should, yeah. shouldn't have the same fucking set as Crossroads where the balls are moving. <laughs> but then he says, like, the plot... This, this is great. The plot is put together like a Swiss watch that keeps changing time zones. <laughs> it's accurate and misleading at once. Mm. So okay. I, I don't know if the plot and the twist's quite as clever of yeah. as it thinks they are yeah yeah and it's all it's crammed in as well because they say oh 15 days to millennium or whatever yeah and like two days before they're still stealing the mask and then they've got to go oh, and then they go to Kuala this. Lumpur within like 24 Brilliant. hours yeah, whatever, yeah, I yeah. Mm. um i say that there's bits of it that are quite interesting. It's there's obviously a very great on-screen chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, it's it's um, again it's harnessing the the bond thing, isn't it? Really, yeah. like the the coolness of the of his character. Yeah, and obviously the sexy sidekick. Sort of but thing, but yeah. also the kind of sophistication of her as well, and mm. you know, not don't write her off either, kind yeah. of thing. Um. I'm right in sort of saying round about this time, you know, Connery's had 
the belated recognition because of the Untouchables. Mm-hmm. Okay, he gets the sympathy Oscar for the Untouchables. That's his true grit. Isn't yeah, it? but then he has this resurgence. Right, so Untouchables was like eighty nine, wasn't it? Like late eighty like seven, mm. something like that. I think that. he won the, the Academy Award in nineteen ninety, so eighty nine. Eighty nine, right? right yeah. Okay, so we're looking nine years on, but in the meantime, we're getting things like The Rock and all of that sort of stuff. And he's, he's cornered this market in the grizzled sort of like veteran. <laughs> to the Rock's we reviewed it. It is what it yeah. is, though, isn't it? It's yeah. you know a bit like this. That, yeah. you know. That's what I mean. It's, it's that grizzled veteran that's brought in. You know, to to sort of teach the younger mob, sort of thing. Yeah. And that's what he does for these movies that are sort of coming up now. Completely different to Red October, you know, it's what we reviewed earlier. But I was just trying to think. There are other examples of him. What was uh, the one with Wesley Snipes? Rising Sun was about yeah. this sort of time. It's, it it's weird if you put yourself in my shoes, in the sense of, I mean, you'd be a lot smaller. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that is what. So uh, other people have different reference points with different actors mm. based on the era. So my my sort of education of Sean Connery is not Bond. It's not even some of the seventies stuff. Yeah, it's his his resurgence or his renaissance as an actor is actually the first time I start getting to know mm. him. So, so yours so, is eighty nine onwards. Then, yeah, exactly. Oh, wow, so it's quite a, funny how it just changes your perception. So that's mm. quite a really interesting era, isn't it? Yeah, because he was in everything. Ta- you see the tail end of his career rather than and not to take the piss, but with Michael Caine. As you mentioned, yes. he's again. He was. As, calm, he was yeah, he will be. He will be in the remake. <laughs> as um, again, Michael Caine is sort of like as I'm growing up. Michael Caine's already such a household name and a mainstay in people's lives. Mm. People have already been impersonating him for years and years. And yeah. I'm not saying he's a figure of ridicule as such, but it's and very I think different. They do it with some sort of dedication yeah yeah I don't think they're taking the no of course not but it's also he's like that popular me growing up and sort of seeing Michael Caine in films is a lot different to what it would have been if you grew up watching the Ipcrest Vole and Alfie yeah I mean Zulu uh, the, he's and, cameos now isn't he yeah. he's always it's featuring or with Michael Caine he's, he's no starring roles no anymore. I mean Harry Brown was probably the last film that was a real vehicle for him uh must have been because that was after Children of Men, well after Children of Men, yeah. wasn't it? Um, and it was very similar to Gran Torino, wasn't it? Yes, similar sort of premise, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, filmed in the A Gate. It was, it was a great I mean, film. Case was in like um, Catch Me If You Can and whatever. And, and oh, have you seen that Oliver Twist thing? The oh, it's called the Twist. Well, we. It's it's no. It's appalling, isn't it? No, no. Well, we we were actually at work. We were in discussions with the company who ended up making it. They mm. wanted to, to us to help them to do a modern reworking of oh, Oliver right. Twist, yeah. like with our drama students maybe yeah. being in it. And it was Richard Ammons' production company, and it ne- never came to fruition because we we were yeah. <laughs> very good. <laughs> I've, I've been usurped here, haven't I? Like, <laughs> I know, distasteful jokes. Oh, like. I love it. I love you two being back. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm influencing you two properly here, though, because like you're you're getting your actors wrong and you're making sick cunt jokes. So it's like my, my work here is done. But yeah, the reason like we never ended up making anything with them is because we wanted to treat it with like kind of 
respectfully and not have like oh. uh, caricatures of what it, sort basically of basically like, that's how it appears yeah, yeah. From Rita Ora as the blooming artful dodger or brilliant yeah, just, perfect casting oh my god because yeah. we, we were we were looking at thinking about if you did a modern day thing of Oliver Twist there's so much that happens in like the drug industry now where it's like yeah uh, kids kids are being made to go and like just be runners for yeah, like you, you could make it really gritty yeah but I'm not sure Sky One are that interested oh, in that kind yeah, of I thing I wouldn't have thought so yeah. I say I watched 20-30 minutes of it and I just couldn't no. believe what so I was so who watching. is Michael Caine supposed Fagin. to be Fagin. oh he's Fagin yeah. got to be Fagin hasn't he yeah. he's not playing Nancy and it's, it's no. all about par- <laughs> I'm sorry it's all about parkour and things yeah. like that it's, it sounds like a very shit version of Attack the Block Oh, yeah, can you imagine that? Also filmed yeah. on the Haygate. It was as well, yeah. <laughs> but look at the stars that came out of that. Big up Elephant Castle. Um, just checking, guys, on the filmography. Uh, of, I was going to say of Michael Caine then, of Sean Connery. <laughs> um, do you realise this was only like the third to last movie that he made? Leave Extraordinary Gentleman was the final movie. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Before that, the other night, I watched part of that. Yeah, well, before that was Finding Forrester. And then this was like the third from last. Um, going back to what Charlie said, like his sort of touchstone is about 89 sort of thing. Touchable, Untouchables was 1987. Okay. Right? okay. Also Brian De Palma, speaking of Impossible. It was. Okay. Sure. Which was followed, and I'll, I'll read these out, right? The Presidio. Mark mm. Harmon and oh. was it Meg Ryan? Yeah, that's the forerunner of NCIS. Literally because he he's, he's like a, a military cop. He's a isn't Navy he also, cop. Okay, okay yeah. right. The Presidio, as they always used to say. I thought okay. you just read in the Poseidon no, Adventure incorrectly. Yes. Uh, Memories of Me, uncredited. Okay, right. 89. Massive, massive movie in 89. Indiana Jones. Oh, of course. course. Yeah. 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 Maybe the first thing I ever saw yeah. Sean Connery in. Probably would have been. That. So on, on yeah. the back of the Oscar, if you, if you just sort of forget about Presidio and this thing called Memories of Me... Bang, Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. He was well loved in that. It was like, oh my God, it's Sean Connery. He was funny in it. It was brilliant. It was, you know, perfect role for him. He to was play. excellent in that, yeah. to be fair. Perfect casting. Yeah. Yeah. Junior. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so he then gets a run of family business. Now, wasn't that Matthew Broderick mm, and seems to ring Dustin about. Hoffman? Yes, mafia not, type thing. Not yes. familiar yes. with yeah, yeah. comedy, it. Yeah. Comedy, comedy gangster. Like, analyse this sort yeah. of thing. Then we get the Hunt for Red October in 1990. The Russia House, which I think was a John le Carre, but like George Smiley thing. It is. It's a yeah. it's a George a, a minor John John le Carre. I think Michelle Pfeiffer was in it. Okay, the Russia House. Then we get the magnificent Highlander Two: The Quickening. Oh, that was just... Was he even in it, or was it it's, just videos a, of the first one? It's a weird one, because he dies in the first one, doesn't yeah. he? And they come up with this really thing that's set on another planet and all this Highlander time. 2 was dog shit. In the same year, cameo performance. Ben's going to love this. It's one of my favourite films, and I don't know why. It's just one of those ones that... Spice World. No, it's just one of those ones that... If there's nothing to watch, I could watch this at any time. Sort of thing. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I forget he was in that. Very end, Locksley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing this for all of them. I'm sorry. Do you remember the, the comedian at the beginning of Neil by Mouth doing the impression of Sean Connery? Yes. And I think it's the jokes as banal as it uh, is an impression of Sean Connery making toast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think I love two slices. <laughs> 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 Does Sean Connery like herbs? 
Only partially. <laughs> I still remember the one that you told me. Where, um, where, where, where the book falls on his head. Yeah. I blame my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got such a great voice. Well, he had such a great voice, I think. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just unique, isn't it? It's yeah. just, um, so after that, the Rising Sun, Medicine Man. Oh, yeah. Remember that in the yeah. jungle? Harrison. No, not Harrison. Um, Medicine Man was... female. Sorry, he I'm... finds the cure for cancer. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, this cancer. is the premise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're all going to do it now. He, uh, Medicine Man, he finds the cure for cancer. You, you notice we're all avoiding entrapment by talking about any other movie that um, we possibly I've can. Got Medicine Man mixed up with the Mosquito Coast. That's why I've said Harrison That's Ford. That's Harrison yeah. Ford and a young River Phoenix and yeah. Helen Mirren. Yes. yes. Paul Theroux novel. Yes. Uh, Just Cause... First night. First night. That's not the uh, Heath Ledger thing. This is the one with um, with Tail. One with Pretty Woman guy. Uh, Richard Gere. Richard Gere. Not seen it. Dragonheart, The Voice, The Rock, The Avengers. See, after, pretty much after his cameo in Prince of Thieves, it starts going back downhill again now. Um, The Rock, The Avengers. Playing by heart, entrapment, finding forest to leave, extraordinary gentleman. So it's not a it's not a sort of the resurgence isn't as big as you remember it to it's, be. It's, I mean, uh, a lot of those are films that were watched by a lot of people, but that's not a yeah. kind of that's not a fantastic one of cinema. We see it really. No. I, th- I think The Rock was probably the, uh, you the know one of the biggest, biggest, bigger ones. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. That yeah. Cage, yeah. Isn't it? at his yeah. height as well. The Avengers was fucking appalling. Mm. I'm sorry, I, I don't know that I've seen The Avengers. Is this? A remake of yeah with Uma, Steed, Uma, Uma Thurman. Yeah. She oh, plays um, the diary character. Mm. Ray Fiennes plays Steed. Do you know what? I think we may have even walked out of the cinema. We watched really? it. At the, uh, we watched it at the one up at Peckham Wire, and mm-hmm. uh, my dad obviously had Probably to run out of the cinema. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the rats going across your feet. <laughs> but um, my my dad obviously was taking me to watch a lot of shit. Like at that time, you know, yeah. when we went up there for weekends, it would have been the films like Andre and Dunstan checks in and uh, that. Excellent, but it's probably the biggest Cotton release Half. of the week. <laughs> exactly, yeah. we went to see Cop and a Half at Elephant and Castle Coronet, actually. Um, <laughs> but it's like that thing of for my dad not to even be able to tolerate yeah. that, like considering mm. the stuff that he's taking me to see when I'm sort of seven, eight years old. <laughs> Yeah. And for me to sort of register that this is a terrible film at that, at age, that age as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was virtually unwatchable from what I remember. Mm. The unwatchables. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> your bench. Have we got anything to say about Entrapment? I don't mind it. It's not a It's great okay. Film. It, was a, it was a Friday it's, night movie, isn't yeah, it? Yes. Yeah, Please yeah. don't take this as a, a criticism, but I think it's very much a film that you like in terms of I don't really want to have to... Work too hard for this. Yeah, that's right. it. It's an easy watch. It's it another is. iRobot, isn't it? Yeah, but iRobot. Because you like you like means iRobot. A lot, that no, means that, a lot to you. That film iRobot. I like iRobot. Was, oh, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. You like this as well. So is, I, is, no, it, is I, it? I don't mind this. I'm not saying this is a. Oh, you know, iRobot's in that state with the films where you can always go back to it. Yeah, whereas absolutely. this is a sort of film where you wouldn't resent. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times if you see this is on, you just wait for a certain clip of the film and then you turn it off. But I think we're, we're right in saying this is just screaming 1999, isn't yeah. it? Basically, yeah. Basically, and that they were milking the fact of the 2K bug. Yeah. Um, they were milking the fact that of Sean Connery's resurgence and Catherine Zeta-Jones' rise to fame. 
<laughs> and it was just pick the two sort of most popular actors at the time. Film yeah. at the moment, yeah. yeah. I remember, um, I don't think I watched it at the time, but I remember it in... I don't know if you were working in the video shop at the time. 99 was just before I took over the pub. I took over the pub in 2000. So I just remember going to Blockbusters and just seeing in, when it was released on video. Actually, Just yeah, being a been, massive thing. Like, last year um, in the video shop. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But also it had quite a decent amount of promotion as a cinematic release. I it think, had, it well. had to with those two stars in yeah. it, as you said, Paul, with... You know, the resurgence of Connery and the emergence of Catherine yeah. Zeta-Jones. And I say, I watched it yesterday on Amazon, so their quality, I don't know if it was HD or Ultra yeah, HD. Yeah, I watched it on but Prime. But yeah, it's mm. beautifully filmed. Yeah. Um, but as I say, that's but, what I, I demand that. <laughs> yeah, like, I say, if you put in a couple hundred million budget, then you want that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's your start for 10 for me. <laughs> like, you, you've got to have those ingredients. and you, I mean, you can do it well. You mm. can kind of make a film stylish and and excel at that, but I just think like you know when you go into Entrapment, even if you know nothing about the premise of the film, that it's going to be quite resplendent in that respect. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a summer blockbuster, isn't it? It's yeah. builders. It's harmless. It, it's not one that you you're gonna say. Oh, I absolutely hate every moment of it. It's not one that you should say. I absolutely love every moment no. of it. But it's yeah, it's just there. It's been made. It's yeah. they're, they're what I called the hardest films to review because mm. we're I struggling at the moment. Well, aren't we? <laughs> it's sort of like it's you can't be. What what's the point of being like snobby and elitist about a film like this? Because it's not no. trying to. It's not trying to sort of um, stand the test of time in that no. respect. No, and it's, it's, it's not been made to be anyone's top ten. No, I mean, if it is, that's mental. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to yeah. hear anybody's. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't seen ten. many movies if this <laughs> is in your top it's, ten. You know, you, know when, you know, when someone says to you that, like, you know, their favourite band is like Shed Seven. Yeah. yeah. You're like, how is that, you know, how is that yeah. possible? It's always, I, I once met someone whose album is the greatest hits album or something. Yeah. Best of the Beatles. Of the Beatles. <laughs> I do remember meeting someone with a Shed Seven tattoo. Brilliant. And okay. I just couldn't, I was Brilliant. in disbelief. Although I remember when <laughs> I remember when they split up and uh, Ricky Gervais was still doing the XFM show. Yes, and he said like it was still in the era where message boards were like really right. Popular. Would have been yeah, yeah. And he someone put on there were uh, like you could tell that they were pretty much crying as they wrote it. Shed Seven split up, <laughs> and then like he said the post underneath of it, someone just put you are joking. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, this this is going back to Chapman. This is not designed to be something that's very close to, no, it's not to your a heart. Cinematic masterpiece. No, we weren't. I, I was sort of like when you mentioned that you were doing this. Mm. I was sort of like, oh, that's just just a curious choice. So we just went through we the roll. list. Tell Why not? That Why we not? looked at, and it was just we didn't need to pick a film that we were going on about for hours. It was yeah, just, uh, we, but just to appreciate Sean Connery and his. Uh, to the diversity honest, of his work, to be yeah. honest, all his different accents. <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, the better the better stuff he does, I'd rather dedicate a good hour to and having a mm, decent mm. conversation with. Um, there's not many people that have done Red October and Entrapment as a double bill on a podcast. I the hook. No, um, probably for good reason. Probably for good reason, that we as, di- as we have discovered. Yeah, I, I, I think like no disrespect to Sean Connery, like I was gutted when he died mm. and very fond of the man, but it's I don't look at his. Uh, acting sort of um, filmography and think you know no. there were 
No, you, were, it's not like Jimmy Stewart or something, is it? Yeah, where you think no. classic after classic, and that yeah, is. he's not one that like for an actor like Jimmy Stewart, you'd struggle to pick his best role or your yeah. favourite of his films. Yeah. Whereas Sean Connery, if you take away the Bonds, then people are like, oh, actually. I'm don't know which one's my favourite. Yeah, and then if you, we've just found out if you take away Post Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade yep. as well, yeah. that's a narrow window. Obviously, you know? <laughs> it's easy for me because it's the untouchables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got, <laughs> then you got, we again going back to the offence though. If you want to see some something that proves that man could act, mm, that's that's probably the best way to sum it. Yeah. You don't mm. get enough examples in his career of how good he is. Mm. Because he's just such a in-demand presence that people just want him to, when the camera goes on, just be Sean Connery. When he was, when he was tied to like franchises or blockbusters yeah. or whatever mm. it may have been, yeah, okay, what you're getting on the screen is the man. You're getting yeah. Sean Connery. But when you get these smaller movies like The Hill, which we never, ever even I mean, looked at. That was Lynette as well. Yeah, or, or The Offence or something like that where he can actually... Be an actor, yeah. Which he wasn't, you know. He, he never set out to be an actor when he first it's, started. It's very like really, Michael. I'm not. I swear I don't keep mentioning Michael no, Caine to take the piss, <laughs> but he's so like Michael Caine in that he's from such humble origins. Yeah. Like he was a milkman in Edinburgh. Milkman, he, coffee point. polisher, wasn't he? Or <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's that so bad. There's a coffee po- uh, in the, the <laughs> Mr. Universe competition. And, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we done one of his early films. But it wasn't about him but we've done uh, The Longest Day yes when he got the uh, and, and he, then, he's a yeah. very what, young 20 21 22 I would imagine at that age wasn't it the same year as Bond it was about 62 was wasn't maybe it maybe the year before but I, I just loved that I loved the yeah. fact that actors like him and Kane can come from the background they do yep. and just, just and end up becoming worldwide stars and yeah. it must have been so inspirational for a lot of other British actors, mm. I think that yeah. is this is achievable. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to go through RADA. Yeah. You don't have to go through. You can elite schools to exactly. Yeah. You, you know, you can be born in Rotherham and live in the Elephant and Castle area and still make it in Hollywood. That's just hope for you, yet, Charlie. Well, <laughs> excuse me. Does anyone know where Woolworths is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Never heard him say that in a movie at all. No. <laughs> Which is the whole point. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. I'll tell you what, let's take a break and we'll be back after this. Okay, guys, it's the big Connery quiz never ceases to be funny (laughs) 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 multiple choice questions guys who wants to go first who wants to go second I don't mind I'll go first I mean I'm definitely not going to win this I think you will have seen more Connery films than Mm. me than I but being multiple multiple choice guys it takes a little bit of that pressure off does it not add more because the the correct answer is that and you look like even more of a cunt if you miss (laughs) let's see how it goes yeah (laughs) it's like trying to do a Penenka penalty Charlie do you want to go first then sure 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 Charlie's question Connery is probably best known for playing James Bond how many times did he appear as Bond on the big screen 
going to have to be really pedantic and ask if that's including like the unofficial. I think it is looking at the so number that's written here because I'm just trying to count them myself. Multi choice. Oh yeah, do you want the multiple choice? I'll, I'll try and weigh it out with art. I think. Okay. Okay. Because I might even give you an extra point. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Right. So can I wash with love multi choice? Never say never again. See, so I've definitely missing one. What do I wash with love? You only live twice. Times are forever. Never say never again. You are missing one. Gold thing. Gold, the most famous one. You're missing Sorry. another as well. <laughs> what comes between? Am I really? So I'll, I'll, give, think, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you the I'll, multiple choice answers and then see if you can work out from what I'm going to give you. you. So, Doctor No. Yeah. yeah. The multiple choice answers are four, five, six, or seven. It's got to be seven then, hasn't it? Because I named five, and then you said I was missing Goldfinger, and then you said I was missing another one. Yeah. I think you missed Thunderball. Thunderball, oh, that's the one. Yeah. Probably that's the, the most. Puppets, yeah. <laughs> Probably the most. Um, not not me. Uh, not my favourite by a long shot, but apparently. Um, as sick boy says in train spotting, mm. like probably the most commercially successful at the time. At the time, I'd have thought, yeah, because it was on the crest of the yeah, wave. I've, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. That's poor for me to to miss out Thunderball. Yeah, it's not one that would have sprung to my mind either. It's not one that I revisit. So, by a roundabout means of elimination, you actually got a point. <laughs> no, I think I got that wrong. No, you no, said no, seven. You said seven. Yeah, you said out of the multi choice. But I, I needed assistance there. I, oh. All right, well, I'll help you with the next question if I can. <laughs> For the toilet. If there's any, any dispute at the end, we'll take that point away. Or if I can help you on this question, I shall. I appreciate Okay. Paul, which of the following jobs... I might have given this away earlier. Which of the following <laughs> jobs did Connery not do before he became an actor? Mm. Milkman, embalmer, lifeguard, able seaman in the Royal Navy. That's difficult. So we, we Cause I think I've heard of him being all of those. I, I, really? I think I've definitely heard of him being a lifeguard. Milkman was the one I. Know. I didn't know if he was in mm. the merchant navy. Or Able seaman in the Royal Navy. Royal it says navy. here. Well, I suppose it would have been. It'd have had to have been drafted at that age, so it'd have had to be in some forces. So I'm going to go embalmer. Embalmer. It's the right answer because he was a coffin polisher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Point each, Charles. Hello. Which football club was he reportedly offered a contract with at the age of 23? I think it's your Bernian. Do you want the multiple choice questions or the answers? It's going to be an option, isn't it? Is what it? I've got here is Man United, Glasgow Rangers, Leeds United, Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, it's going to be oh. Glasgow Rangers, then, isn't it? Offered a contract with Glasgow Rangers. It's Manchester United. Oh, I, I, I think um, he supported your Bernian. That's maybe where probably because yeah, was he was Cath- he born in Edinburgh? Well, Catholic background from Edinburgh. Yeah. You're going to be a Hibs fan, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> this is by no means. This is totally random. These questions, Paul Connery was 57 by the time he won an Oscar. This uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> is his favourite fucking film. His isn't performance it? in what film earned, earned him the award? You earned him the award. <laughs> The, the, red the, cho- the choices were the untouchables. Indiana Jones asked who said the man who would be King of Zardoz. Zardoz. Running around in his pants with yeah. a ponytail. Charlie Borman. Paul, no, Charlie. Connery competed in which competition in the 1950s? 
again we've spoke about was it the Euro- was it the Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> all kinds oh, of everything <laughs> <laughs> Mr Universe the Scottish <laughs> FA Cup or the Olympic Games Mr Universe but well, there was so much potential for puns with brilliant I, I think he came second as well Shandy Shaw shave all your cushions for me <laughs> So, never ceases to be funny. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> oh, shine a light. <laughs> Paul, what year was Darby O'Gill and the Little People released? 55, 57, 59, 61. I've never heard of it. Pre bond, well, they're all pre bond all those dates. I just wanted to carry on with the impressions um, now. It's a, it's a Disney movie and he sings, plays an Irishman in it. 61. 1959. Oh, fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Charles. Hello. Which of the following did not direct a film starring Connery? Alfred Hitchcock, John Huston, Martin Scorsese, Terry Gilliam. Right, so Marnie was the Aftitchcock one, weren't it? Yeah, that yep. was in. Um, on, I like your process of elimination. Go on, mate. Then you've got John Houston, Scorsese, <sighs> and Gilliam. So the oh. only Terry Gilliam films that I know are Brazil and The Fisher King. Ah, there's another one. Did he do? It's it's after Brazil. Was it before Brazil? It's eighties. I can't think of him in a Martin Scorsese film. Oh, hello. Um, John Houston's got such a varied career that that's the uh, that's the real kind of um, spanner in the works, I think. So I'm going to say Martin Scorsese never worked with Sean Connery. That's the right answer. John Houston would be the man who would be king. Of course, with Michael Caine. With Michael Caine. <laughs> Terry Gilliam. Yep. Time Bandits. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, between, yeah. yeah, as you say, between Brazil and the fishing. Yeah. yeah. Paul, talking the cameos. Connie. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like candy. <laughs> oh, this is why I love you too, right? Connery makes an uncredited cameo in which of the following films where he appears in the final scene Batman Begins, Goldeneye. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull <laughs> Robin Hood Prince of Thieves Is in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves Yeah we mentioned it Final that. answer yeah. Yeah. Yes, The mountain that's actually cropped up in here that was in the <laughs> You really sounded like you doubted yourself so yeah, much I was just like, <laughs> Again Indiana Jones is the curveball there isn't it like it tries yeah, to put you off Yeah, He might have appeared in a flashback scene or something Yeah Oh, now, how good's your memory? Which of these Connery films was released last? Or the most recent? I'm definitely going to need the multiple choice then. <laughs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Finding Forrester, The Rock, Entrapment. Most, the last film. The last of those to be released. The I most recent. It was Finding Forrester. Or the, I think it's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That was the last one. The right answer was yeah. his final <laughs> starring mm. movie. Yep, yep. It was Papa Lazaro. <laughs> Hello, uh, Dave. <laughs> and finally, Paul. Oh, my wife. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is Sean Connery's real first name? Oh. 
Incorrect. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean. Is it Andrew, Michael, Thomas, or James? Wow. I'm trying to think what sort of Scottish Catholic. All of them. Oh, not so much. Oh, yeah, Saint Andrew. Andrew, Michael, Thomas, James. Yeah, all quintessentially Scottish names. Pretty much. Pretty much. Angus. Going to go for Thomas. And I'm going to say you're a jammy bastard because that is. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Gentlemen, I declare a jaw. Four points each. Well done. Nice. (laughs) That's it from our Sean Connery special. Charlie, thank you for turning up last minute there in the second half. You're welcome. Thank you. A bit like Grealish. (laughs) Jack Grealish. (laughs) Paul, thank you as always, my friend. No worries. It's been the Stinking Pause. This has been Sean Connery. See you all soon. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. This theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Astronauts, that infernal jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, here. Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you fail down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said Don't wear a frown Try positive thinking Laugh back your troubles instead You've got to look On the bright side On hope so much depends With your confidence sinking Positive thinking Helps you on the way my friend When things look black Try positive thinking Every season of spring No glancing back Try positive thinking Trust what tomorrow may bring This crazy world That we live in Will keep on spinning round But with good, strong Positive thinking We'll get together And life won't let us down Shut up, you ugly Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.